Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. Today's message begins with a disclaimer. And today is Father's Day, and and I'm going to preach. I don't always do this. Often on special occasions, I'll continue just preaching verse by verse through the book where we are and and going through those. But today I am going to preach what I would call more of a one-off topical type message on the subject of fathers. And, 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 And I understand when we hit on some of these topics that everybody's family situation is a little bit different. Everyone, the way you grew up and or your own personal situation or the way that you're raising your children, the the way that your family looks might be different. I understand that. And my disclaimer is this, there's nothing that I'm preaching today that I'm seeking to bring hurt or pain or shame or cause guilt. The, The goal is to challenge all of us with where we're at in biblical ways. I was born, most of you know my testimony, I was born out of wedlock. My mom and dad were never married. My dad was just here in church. Um, to actually, my mom was here on Sunday morning. My dad was here on Sunday night. My mom spent a week with us, and then my dad and stepmom came in and spent the next week with us. And I love both of them dearly. Uh, but, but I was raised by a single mom. Uh, my dad did when I was about five or six, got uh, married. And my, my dad and stepmom have been married now for about 35 years or so, I guess. And, and uh, my mom, when I was entering junior high, she also got married. I had a stepdad that I lived with for a little while. And and uh, that marriage ended in divorce. And so I, I know a little bit about living in a, a home of a single parent, being raised by a single mom and, and uh, step-parents and divorce. I understand all of those things. And, and sometimes when you're walking through stuff like that, when we preach something like we're going to preach here, it can feel like maybe bring up feelings of guilt or of shame or of pain or of hurt. That's not my intention at all. And I just wanted to give that disclaimer. The fact that some of our families don't look maybe the ways that God intended for them to because of some mistakes or some things that happened that we didn't expect in our lives does not negate the responsibility that I have to preach scriptural truth. And so I want to say up front, if if anything that I'm saying in some way hurts, I've I've walked through some different home situations, and I love dearly my mom. My mom will watch this this message. She watches every one of our services. My dad, I texted him this morning, my stepmom, and so I just wanted to mention that. But this morning, I want to bring a message entitled, Dads, We Need You. If you have your Bibles, turn with me, if you will, to Proverbs chapter number 17. Verse number six, dads, we need you. Proverbs 17, verse number six. Would you, when you get there in the book of Proverbs, we'll read this one verse, and then we'll turn after we read this verse, if you want to get there, we're going to take our passage mainly from Deuteronomy chapter number six. And so we're going to be in Proverbs 17 for this one verse, and then we're going to be over in Deuteronomy chapter number six a little later in the message. Proverbs chapter number 17, would you read verse number six aloud with me? Ready? Begin. Children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children are their fathers. Children's children are the crown of old men, meaning grandparents, I heard it this way, uh, grandchildren are God's reward for not killing your children, right? 
Children's children are the crown of old men. It's the reward. It's a blessing to have grandchildren. Dolores has a granddaughter with her here from Texas. Grandchildren are a great blessing in our lives. This is children's children are the crown of old men. And the glory of children are their fathers. The idea being here from Solomon talking about dads play a huge role in, they're supposed to, in their children's lives. Again, I'm not going to keep giving caveats. I understand that that's not always the case. That wasn't always the case in my life. I understand those things. But in God's plan, that is, that is generally speaking, God's plan, that, that dads are supposed to play a large role. What, what do kids naturally say when they're, they're little? My dad can beat up your dad, right? We view, kids view their dads as that. He's the ultimate. He's the hero. Kids find such comfort and strength and security or lack thereof in their relationship with their dads. My dad can beat up your dad. Maybe in Newport Beach, it's my dad's richer than your dad. I don't, I don't know what they say. My mom has more plastic surgery than your mom. I don't know what we say in, in Orange County here. But, but, but the idea being, the idea be, I got some glares there. I'm sorry, it was just a joke. The idea being that kids find great security and great strength and great comfort in that relationship. Dads, we need you. We see the breakdown of the American home all around us. By way of introduction, I want to give you what I would, I would give four basic categories of dads and parents. The first one being what we see in, as parents, we see number one, absent parenting. Absent parenting. I was raised by a single mom and I thank God today for every single parent, mom or dad, that's here today that diligently and sacrificially raises their children under less than ideal circumstances. But that doesn't negate the effects of fatherlessness in America. As of 2016, 35% of children lived in single parent homes. More than 18 million kids are being raised without a father figure. The negative effects of that, by the way, are irrefutable. When anytime we get away from God's plan, there are effects. According to the U.S. Department of Justice, listen to these statistics. This was as of 2016, about five years ago. 90% of homeless or runaway youths are from fatherless homes. Dads, we need you. 85% of all children with behavioral disorders, uh, we're told according to this study from the Department of Justice, uh, are from fatherless homes. 71% of all high school dropouts, 70% of teens in juvenile detention centers from fatherless homes, 75% of adolescents in substance abuse centers from fatherless homes. Dads, we need you. If, and by the way, may I just stop and say, if you're here this morning and you're being raised without a father, you have a heavenly father who is more than capable and powerful to make up for that lack of that influence or example in your life. I'm thankful that about half of our ministry team, about half of the people that you saw on this platform serving the Lord today were raised in fatherless homes. Those two sweet sisters with beautiful voices, Janine and Asia, raised in a, by a single mom, and Pastor Sammy, who led the singing, raised by a single mom, and Pastor Ryan, who's preaching, raised by a single mom. And I'm not trying to glorify single parenthood. What I am saying is, if that is your case today, you have a heavenly Father who is more than capable to to make up the hedge. But if you don't, if you're a dad, my challenge is don't, don't shirk that responsibility and say, well, God, you take care of them. No, God gave you the responsibility to take care of them. Don't be an absent parent. 
Don't shirk your responsibility. Those without children in this room, think long and hard before you enter into a relationship that could lead to children. If you're not willing to be that dad that those ch ch that child, those children would need. We have absent parenting. I, I think secondly, we could say another category of parenting and of dads is abusive parenting. These parents aren't absent. They're in the child's life, but it might be better if they were absent. They mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually abuse the children that God has given to them. A reminder to those that are in this room, the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. If you struggle with that, with a temper, with anger, with harshness, maybe with mental abuse or emotional or spiritual or physical abuse, may, may I say, may I remind you as well that Jesus had some very strong words for those that hurt children. He said for those that would offend the little ones, it were better than a millstone were hung about their neck and they were cast into the sea. Jesus does not take it lightly when we use our strength and our power to do that which should not be done to a young child. And, and not my message, but just a reminder that our ministry, as long as I'm the leader, God helping me, will never uh, cover for or put up with any mistreatment of any sort of children. If I hear about it, and if, it, if it's a legal matter immediately, and it's had to happen one time in my six years that I, we found out and we immediately contacted authorities. We had to let them know that this was happening. And we, at times on our bus riders, we'll, we'll hear a child, will say something in our children's service about, will this happen at home? And, and if we, we, we do not cover for that, this is not going to be a haven for those that would abuse children. But we see abusive parenting. We see, thirdly, permissive parenting. This is rampant in our culture today. child center homes. Whatever makes you happy, Johnny, whatever you want. We don't know the word no. Whatever, oh, sh sh stop, okay, you, you want the candy? I'll buy you the candy. What toy do you want? What do you, just be good, just please, one, I'll count, don't let me, don't let me count to three. One, two, three, four, okay, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to count, just be good, please. Permissive parenting. Oh, you want to you you phone at age three? Here's your phone. You want to play video games for eight hours? Play video. You want to have no structure? You want to disrespect your mom? Permissive parenting. It's killing us. And it's not scriptural. It's rampant. Whatever they want, no repercussions, no consequences, no correction, no discipline. I don't know about you, but I was spanked as a child. As a result, I now suffer from a condition known as respect for others. I'm not talking about child abuse, but, but there is a place for biblical, godly correction and discipline in our homes. Parents, be the parent, not their friend. If you'll be their parent when they're young, they, they will be your friend when they're old. If you try to be their best friend when they're young, you will probably lose that relationship of friend and parent. The Bible says it this way in Proverbs 29, the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Permissive parenting, a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. You leave that child to their own devices, they're going to bring shame and hurt and heartache and heartbreak to your life. And then the last category that I see, I, I see absent parenting and abusive parenting, permissive parenting, and the one that I want to challenge you with, you could name it different things. I would say proactive parenting. If you haven't turned there yet, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter number six, if you will. Deuteronomy chapter number six. And in Deuteronomy, 
Moses is speaking to the children of Israel. They're getting ready to enter into the promised land. And, and Deuteronomy, the, the word uh, Deutero and Nomos, it means a second law. That's the name. That's what that word means. It's Exodus was the law was given. The Ten Commandments were given to the children of Israel. Deuteronomy is a second law giving. It's because there's a new generation. Do you remember that the entire generation, they, they, they perished in the wilderness because they didn't trust God? And so an entire generation died wandering outside of God's will. And now the next generation has risen up and God says, Moses, you need to give another generation the law. I, I saw a tweet this morning. I retweeted it. It said from a pastor, it said uh, something along the lines of, there is no greater responsibility or opportunity that we have than to pass our faith to another generation. And, and, and he, he says here, you need to pass this down to the next generation. And so this is what we're reading. He's talking to the parents saying, you need to teach your children. We need to get this into another generation. Proactive parenting. Look at Deuteronomy chapter number six, verse number seven. Would you read it aloud with me? Deuteronomy six. We'll look back at a few other verses here in a few moments. But Deuteronomy six, verse seven. Ready? Begin. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou liest down, and that when thou risest up. He's talking about the law, or at that time would have, would have been their scriptures. He said, proactive, you shall, the command, teach them diligently. It's your passion. You've got a plan. It's a priority. It's something that you're not just permissive. Well, I'm going to take them to church and passive parenting. I'm going to hope they pick it up by osmosis. I'll, I'll, put a, I'll put a Bible on the coffee table and hope that somehow it gets into their minds and into their hearts. No, thou shalt teach them diligently, proactive. This is my God-given responsibility and priority. Dads, we need you to take the lead. Your children need you. Charles Francis Adams, son of President John Quincy Adams, grandson of President John Adams, he kept a diary. One day he entered in his diary, went fishing with my son today, a day wasted. His son, Brooke Adams, also kept a diary, which is still in existence. On that same day, Brooke Adams made this entry, Went fishing with my father, the most wonderful day of my life. The father thought he was wasting time fishing with his son, but his son saw it as an investment of time. Parents, dads, we need you to invest in your children. And I'm thankful, but not just in fishing and in sports and in earthly things. Teach them diligently the ways of the Lord. Invest in them. We need you to be godly spiritual leaders of your homes. You may have never seen an example of what that should look like. And, and it, by the way, my testimony is that living in my home, I never saw the example of what a godly dad or husband look like. Now, I, I saw some in the church, and I'm thankful for it, and I, I saw some in friends' homes, and when I would visit my dad's home, I, I saw what it was to be a loving husband in my dad's home the few weeks a year that I would visit, but growing up on a daily basis, I did not see the example of what a godly spiritual husband or father should be, but, but you and I, we may, there might be some in this room, you say, I don't know how to start, I don't know what that looks like. God can show you, but you've got to make it a priority. God's word can teach you. Godly mentors can help you. You can do it, and we need you to. Why do we need proactive parents? When I say that, meaning the idea of, of really passionately reaching the next generation with their faith, why is that so important? Here it is, because you're not dealing with a clean slate when God entrusts an eternal soul to your care. 
When you bring, we just had a baby born into our, our church, uh, uh, little Kingston, born to Zach and Sharice. When they brought little Kingston home from the hospital about two weeks ago, whatever that, however long ago that was, when they brought him home, they were not dealing with a blank canvas. Now, he seems so innocent. He seems so handsome, so precious. They love him to death. But that little eternal soul they're holding is not a blank canvas. Let me illustrate. I've only got one of my children in service today. Ash, come on up. I'll have uh, Ashlyn come up here and help me out. I'm going to illustrate, and I need two others. All right? We've got Jason and Micah. Come on up here. You guys can join me. I've got three words here. And here, here are, with our children, and we could, I guess, get different categories, but I would say with our children, we've got the goal of godly, we've got children that are ungodly, and then what I would call neutral. They're not, these will be, we might call good kids. They're good kids. They're not out, out trying to do a bunch of evil. They're also not super passionate about, about Christ and trying to do a bunch of good. They're just kind of floating through life, just kind of coasting. We all know some kids, and maybe some of us were that child at some point in our life, or that teenager, or that adult, just kind of neutral. It's not like, oh, I hate God. I want to I wanna do everything I can to, to displease my parents. It's just, but it's also not, man, I love God. I want to know him, and I want to fulfill his plan for my life. It's just neutral. So we've got godly, ungodly, and neutral. Jason, which one do you think should be what? What do you think? Ungodly. ungodly. He, said, <laughs> he said ungodly. So the reason our children, yeah, anyways, okay, you're ungodly. Sorry, Ash, here we go. We'll put you right here. Jason, what are you? Godly. godly. All right, there we go. So you'll come down here, Jason, right over here. And uh, godly, and then Micah, you'll be right here in the middle. You're neutral, and you can stand so that, so that they see it there, and Ashley can scoot down a little bit, and I'll, I'll go here, but here's the reality. The goal is godly, I hope. If God's given us children, the goal is that they grow. I pray often that my children would grow to know him, love him, and live for him a lifetime. That would be my parenting desire summed up in one sentence, that my children would grow to know him, to love him, and to live for him for a lifetime. So this is our desire. I think if we're in church, if we have children, our desire is that they would grow to be godly disciples of Jesus Christ. This is what we pray they wouldn't be is, is ungodly, self-centered, carnal people. And here, I think most of us, if we're not careful, we think when we bring them home, this is what we bring home. We bring home a blank canvas, a clean slate, and if we just put good stuff in, then we'll move them from here to there. It's a neutral. Our children's hearts, when we bring them home, are neutral. But here's the problem. The reality is, as a parent, the deck is stacked against you. As a parent, you bring that child home, and this sounds really discouraging on a Father's Day, but this is the reality. You bring that child home with two strikes already against you. What do I mean by that? What are those two strikes? The first strike is their sin nature. Their sin nature. When you bring them home, they are not neutral. They come home from the hospital with a sin nature. In the nursery this morning, you don't have to teach children how to steal and be angry and hit and bite. There's nobody sitting there and saying, now when that kid comes and takes your toy, slap him across the face and bite him on the arm. <laughs> no one's teaching that, but it's happening. Why? Because they're like their mothers. No, I mean, they're, because, 
because actually it's the opposite, all right, moms? It's the, I'm just trying to be nice to dads on Father's Day, but it's the opposite. The Bible says, wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world. Now, it was the woman that gave him the fruit, but by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men. But, but what we have, the Bible says it in Proverbs chapter uh, number 22. The Bible says it this way, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction driveth it, shall drive it far from him. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction, what is that? Proactive parenting. Taking biblical principles and not just sitting there, well, God gave me a neutral heart, and so as long as I take them to church every week and I just put good stuff in, they're going to end up over there. You didn't get a neutral heart. You got a child just like you with a sin nature. Foolishness is bound in the heart of the child. It's all intertwined in there. By nature, they're deceivers. By nature, they're liars. By nature, they're unkind. By nature, they're selfish. All of those things are bound up in their heart. Why? Because of our sin nature. So that is strike one. And, and, and it was because, uh, I have a joke, but it's really because they're a lot like their dads. By one man, sin entered in the world. But thankfully, by one man, Jesus Christ, the answer for that sin was paid for and freely given. The second strike is not just their sin nature, but when you bring them home, the second strike is society. You bring them into a world, I don't know if you figured this out, that is not getting more and more Christ-like. A culture, you're bringing them home and into a culture that is not getting more and more based on scriptural values. And if you just allow your child to exist, even if they were neutral, and didn't have this in nature, and you just let them exist in this world, everything, almost everything in this world is gonna pull them to this. Most of the music they hear is gonna pull them to this. Most of the television programming they see is gonna pull them to this. Most of, of society, the culture, the what's accepted, what's put out even on commercials and, and on internet sites and all of those things. Um, most, if you just allow your child to exist in this world, commercials and books and secular education are all going to deeply undermine our goal of getting from them from here to there. It's gonna undermine that and instead it's gonna lead them there. I'll illustrate with something from society. It seems that with every passing year, the godless influences and the sinful agenda affecting our children get stronger and more accepted. I guess, and this seems fairly new to me, I guess June is now Pride Month. I never heard of that as a child and never heard of that as our oldest kids were young children. And some of you might say, well, because we're so inundated by popular society, popular culture, which in many times, by the way, if it's really popular in culture, there's a really good chance it's probably against scripture. Not every time, but, but a real, based on where our, we're living, moving into a post-Christian society, that's almost always the case. And some might say, well, Pastor Ryan, what is that hurting? That's not even affecting my kids. They're not trying to indoctrinate my kids. I, I don't let my kids go to any of those adult channels or websites for adults that would talk about that stuff, or I don't let them watch that. We filter their content. We only let them watch harmless kid shows, cartoons, you know, like Blue's Clues and channels, you know, like Nickelodeon. That's what we let them do. It's not really getting into my home and into my children. Culture's not really getting that. I can guarantee you, no matter what it is, Disney Plus, and we have Disney Plus at our home. I'm not preaching against it, but Disney Plus, Nickelodeon, I can guarantee you, you're going to be hard-pressed to find any programming that is taking them from here to there. 
You're going to be hard-pressed to find programming that's teaching them there's a God that made everything that loves you. There's a place called heaven. There's someone that died for your sins. There's a book called the Bible that's true. I'm not aware in our society of anything mainstream that is guiding and, and, and teaching those things. But here's the problem. It's not just that the programming is neutral. We, we, I think we could all agree most programming and most influences are not godly. But here's the problem. It's, they're not just neutral. Let me illustrate. Do you know what? They, they, I, I won't find programming with those things, but you know what they have absolutely no problem being associated with? A transgender drag queen singing to children about the importance of celebrating transgender people. And by the way, transgender people are welcome into this church. And if you're here today and you're struggling with that or you're watching here, but what that is, and, and just as adultery is a sexual perversion of God's plan outside of marriage, and just as fornication is a sexual perversion of God's plan outside of marriage and homosexuality and all of those things, things that we have been so conditioned, we can't talk about that. Well, love is love. Love is not love. God is love. God created love and we, God created marriage. We don't get to redefine it. And there will probably come a day, I heard my pastor say this when I was younger and I thought he was crazy, but now I see it. There will probably come a day where that, what I just said could be considered hate speech in America. But even if America deems it hate speech, it's still God's word. And we must raise up children not to hate people, but to know and love God's word. I was amazed this week as I saw this, I'm going to show you a 30-second clip, and I'm not going to show the whole three minutes, but the three minutes is some of the most vile and wicked three minutes of children's programming I've ever seen. I'm not going to show you much, but I want you to see this is, well, I just let them watch Blue's Clues. This was on Blue's Clues in Nickelodeon. Go ahead and play that clip. With pride, showing who you are on the Three minutes is worse than that, but the flag represents the, the transgender and the queer and trans people of color and all of these things. And the little bottom of that said Nickelodeon. You're a fool if you think there is an agenda to draw our children away from the truths of Scripture. Pastor Ryan, you're, you're, a, you're a bigot. You're a homophobe. Absolutely not. I counsel and I deal with people and I love and help and, 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 and we go to scripture, not my opinions. This isn't some old outdated thing from the 50s or the patriarchy. This is something from scripture from 2,000 years ago. God is the one that defined these things. And this message is a little different than my normal message. But dads, we need you. Culture is teaching. Accept this. And as long as they don't hurt anybody. But God's word teaches something very different. And we must be proactive in teaching us those things. By the way, this, that was a person that was born as a man that now is a drag queen that dresses up as a woman that is telling, and you watch the three minutes, it gets it's, it's vile, it's terrible, to three and four and five and six-year-olds. Nickelodeon. I grew up watching Nickelodeon. SpongeBob SquarePants and Double Dare and whatever shows were on there. And they tweeted this, this drag queen tweeted that clip. And here was Nickelodeon's response. This is the children's. It gets better every time we watch it. A mainstream news article promoting how wonderful this clip was. Here was the title of the article. The Blues Clues Virtual Pride Parade might be the best thing Nickelodeon ever made. 
And the article ends with these words about the song. It's genuinely catchy. Listen to this. And should probably be taught in schools alongside the national anthem. And that song about how it's a grand old flag, a high-flying flag. You know the one because that's all about a flag being raised. Those that come to our church regularly, you know my heart. You know my spirit. But I want us to know on this Father's Day, I want us to be aware that we are not dealing in society with this. It's not that society is just putting out harmless, enjoyable, funny, Bugs Bunny, Tom and Jerry. I would say Tom and Jerry was neutral. Tom and Jerry, if anything, maybe a little cool, like better than neutral, but I love Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry was not probably drawing me to be a great disciple of Jesus Christ, but it also wasn't indoctrinating me with truths that are against Scripture. Today, it's all over. We must understand that. So when you give your child free reign to YouTube and let them download any music that they want and give them their own devices to get on social media and Netflix, these are the types of things they're being taught. Culture is not just neutral. It is staunchly in opposition to God, His Word, and almost everything that His Word teaches. Dads, we need you. We must fight for our families. Get involved in their lives. See what they're watching. Be there to help counter that. Not just say, we don't do that because we don't like those people. That's not the case at all. No, son, here's what God's plan is. Here's God. And by the way, those that want to destroy the nuclear family, I I didn't give you all the statistics, but the statistics bear out that when when we get away from God's plan, it has harmful and negative and destructive effects on our children each and every time. We need to counter culture, not with our opinion, not with our political persuasion. We need to counter culture, dads, with God's word, with scripture. It's a battle for the next generation. The Bible says in 1 John chapter number 2, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Parents, wake up. All that is in this society, this broken, sin-filled society is not neutral and it's not godly. It's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Dads, we need you. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll let you guys go down back to your seats. You can take those signs with you. So what is my challenge? And I need to be done. What is my challenge to you this morning from Deuteronomy? Dads, number one, number one, live for God yourself. Look at verse number four. Deuteronomy 6, verse four. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou, talking to the adults, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words, which I command thee this day, see it there, shall be in whose heart? Shall be in thine heart. Then the next word says, thou shalt teach them diligently. Before you worry about what your children are learning, how are you living? Before you worry, do my kids passionately love Jesus? Do you passionately love Jesus? Before you worry about, I I hope my kids raise their family in church, how's your commitment to church? Your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. Do as I say, not as I do, is a terrible formula for passing our faith to another generation. Can I say that again? Do as I say, not as I do, is a terrible formula for passing our faith to another generation. Who you are, Dad, speaks so loudly I can't hear what you're saying.
Do our children see us passionately in love with Jesus, seeking to grow in him, know him, and serve him? You say, well, I just got saved. I didn't grow up with this. I don't know the Bible like you did. I'm, I'm 40 years old. I don't even know where to start. You don't, I didn't ask, do your, do your children see you preaching the Bible every Sunday morning to hundreds of people? Do they see you growing in the Lord, wanting to know him, reading? Wherever you're at, you don't need to be somebody else. It doesn't matter how far you are in that journey, but are you progressing in that journey? Before you worry about their Christianity, we've got to focus on ours. It's very hard to pass down something you don't possess. He said it here. It needs to be in your heart. Number two, take responsibility. You see it in verse seven? What's the, the noun there? It's a command. And what's the second word of verse seven? And what? Thou shalt teach them diligently. Dad, and by the way, if you're, if you're here, you're a single mom, or you're, you don't have, take, take, apply this in your lives. Today's Father's Day, and I'm gearing the message a little bit toward our dads. So whoever it is, you fill in the blank. But dad, don't outsource the spiritual development of your family to your wife. Don't outsource the spiritual development of your children to the youth group. Well, I'm paying for Christian school. I sure hope they teach them everything they need to know. Christian school should be a supplement to what you're teaching. I understand there are some kids in our Christian school whose parents have no spiritual influence at all at home. And for those, we're gonna try to be everything we can for them. I'm glad that there were men that took me under their wing when I was growing up in the youth group and in the Christian school and taught me how to polish my shoes and taught me how to tie a tie and taught me how to drive stick shift and took me to dads and lads camp out and prayed with me and read God's word. I'm thankful for that. And, and our church wants to be that where we can. But do not outsource your spiritual development of your family to a ministry. We should be supplements to what's happening in your home, not the primary source. Dads, we need you. Your children need to see you pray with them. They need you to talk to them about how God is working in your life. They need to know they can ask you questions about these things in culture and you're going to take them to the Bible. Or if you say, I don't know, let me study it, son. Let's learn it together. I'm not sure. Let's find out. Let's go set up a meeting with pastor and see what he thinks. He might give us some resources and we'll grow in this together. That's new for me, son. I don't know. That's okay. But let him ask you questions and go to scripture. They need to see you reading your Bible and listening to godly content in your life. They need to see you making God's house a priority. And if your children don't have this influence of a dad, then, then you're here today. Then you be that influence. Maybe your grandfather, an aunt, an uncle, a mom. Get them around others who can influence them for God. Then lastly, number three, not only take responsibility, but diligently teach them. Look at verse seven. Notice what he says. You should teach them diligently unto thy children. Look, look when he says you need to do it. Shall talk of them. Are you there with me in verse seven? Shall talk of them. When thou, what's the verb? When thou what? Sittest in thine house. And when thou, what's the next verb? Walkest by the way. And when thou what? Liest down. And when thou what? Risest up. When you're sitting around the house, spiritual training and instruction. When you wake up, spiritual training and instruction. When you go to bed, spiritual training and instruction. When you go out and walk by the way, you're out and about in, in, in your daily business, spiritual instruction. I don't know, Bill, it kind of seems like maybe we're just supposed to be always looking how we can influence for God, in godly ways those that God's given to us. When I go to bed, when I get up, when I sit around the house, when I go outside. Kind of covers the bases, doesn't it? Moses said, this is your responsibility. Don't be a passive, permissive parent. Be a, be a proactive, godly, spiritual parent. 
Not just, by the way, it should be everywhere you go, everywhere they turn, everywhere they look. In our home, we have scripture verses on the walls. It says it there in verse 8, thou shalt bind them for a sign about thine hand. They shall be as frontless between thine eyes. Thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. Everywhere you go, everywhere they turn, everywhere they look. Man, isn't God great? Look at that creation. God's so powerful. Such a beautiful artist. Wow, God gave us that blessing. Oh, we need to pray for that one. We, we did this when Sharice was in, on bed rest in the, in the hospital. And we drive by Sand Canyon Kaiser on the way to and from our home every day to and from church and school. My wife said, let's do this. Every time we pass Sand Canyon Kaiser, let's pray for Sharice as she's getting ready to have that baby. What is that? That's a mom trying to train her children. When somebody else needs something, we ought to have a heart to pray for them. And Sand Canyon Kaiser, that's nothing spiritual about that, but see everything through those spiritual lenses. And we're not the perfect family. We don't have revival every morning or every night in our house. We don't read God's word for four hours a day and, and have all night prayer meetings. I'm not trying to give an, an image that we're not, but I can tell you for 21 years of our marriage, my wife and I really have had a desire, God, would you be preeminent in our marriage and in our homes and with our children and in our schedules and in our finances. Diligently teach them. Don't just, well, I hope Pastor Caleb in the children's class gave him something good today. No, you talk to them and, and learn. Teach them. Learn together. Sing together. Pray together. Learn how to apply scriptural truths to everyday life. A little different message than normal, but one that's a burden on my heart. Hey dads, it's not more manly to be complacent and cold to spiritual matters. We need another generation of godly, consecrated, committed, spiritual men who will exemplify what it means to live a truly Christian life and to lead a truly Christian home. I don't know what choices my kids will make. I don't know what paths they will choose. But whatever they do, I want them to be able to say their dad was there and he didn't just, wasn't just passively there. He sought to obey the commands found here in Deuteronomy. Might be some dads here that don't know where to start. Line up a time, a coffee appointment with an older godly man and let him teach you and give you some resources and just start where you are. Start by praying with your family each day and taking them to church each week. No exceptions. Reading a few verses together as a family. Dads, We need you. Buy a children's devotional book and read a page a day. Don't be absent. Don't be abusive. Don't be permissive. Be proactive. Godly, diligent, spiritual. Why? Because with the sin nature that you pass down and the society we live in, we have two strikes against us. But thankfully, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We need our children to get a hold of the greater is he that is in them than he that is in the world. Be proactive. Without God and his word planted deeply in their hearts, they stand little chance of living a life of any lasting value. In just a moment, I'm not trying to be overly emotional, but in just a moment, I'm going to ask my wife and my daughter to join me here at the altar. And as a dad, I want to pray with them that God would continue to keep himself, that we would continue to keep God preeminent in our homes. And Maybe there's some grandparents. You want to come to the altar and pray for your family. Maybe they're at your seat. Maybe a husband and a wife. Maybe you're single. And you want to come and pray and say, God, if and when you would ever bless me with children, may may I seek to be that godly leader. Maybe some aunts and uncles interceding on behalf of those you love. There's nothing magical about the altar, but the Bible does talk about bowing before God. And there is something about a physical posture that displays a heart posture. So maybe there's some that would like to come here in just a moment or stay there at your seat. And I'd like you to pray that God would help us to not have cold, complacent, carnal, 
men in our homes, but that we would raise up on this Father's Day and be godly spiritual leaders. And you don't have a man in your home. Mom's the same. Wives, the same. Single ladies, the same. Single men, the same. Get, not just neutral because our sin nature and our society are not neutral. They're naturally ungodly. We've got to be proactive to fight that sin nature within us and the culture around us. Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.